Hello and welcome to the Community Church Podcast, where we want to equip and empower people for life together with Jesus. On this podcast, we'll be talking with lots of different people from all walks of life to help us in our discipleship to Him. We hope you enjoy this episode. Hi, and thanks for tuning in. This week, we've been speaking with the wonderful Ali Rothwell. Ali has been moving more and more significantly in her prophetic gifting. Uh, and we have talked to her about how she started initially moving in that particular gifting and what her process is. Uh, we then move on later on in the podcast to talk about what she sees taking place for this church at the moment. Uh, as part of this, Ali references prophetic words that are specific to the community church. But if you're listening, this is still very relevant to you, even if you're not a part of this community. Uh, particularly, it's relevant in how to apply prophetic words that you've received received either individually or as a church in this particular moment. Uh, Lots of practical things in here today. Uh, It is really, really good. Um, So now just as we look to crack on with the podcast, take a moment to prepare yourself to listen to a word from God as we get ready to listen to Ali. So, Ali, thank you so much for being with us uh, today. Uh, I was just wondering if you could kick us off by talking a bit about how you grew in your prophetic gift in the church. We see you predominantly step forward in um, in singing songs for us, which helps to bring us particularly in worship into another level. Uh, and also, uh, you've been more and more bringing words that you've felt that God has come and brought to you that come and speak to us in the season that we're in several uh, well over several times you've done that really and they've been really significant for people um, and you're very good in that visual kind of dynamic has that been something that's always been there for you is it something that you've seen grow and develop of late what what's kind of the story there with you and the prophetic side of things the first time i sang out prophetically um i was 19 years old in a prayer meeting which was held in a local christian hotel but before the church really had any sort of building at all. And it just carried on from, we'd been singing in tongues. I had little understanding. I didn't think about it. I just carried on um, with little understanding about what I was doing. Um, and afterwards, people were talking to me and explaining what it was. Um, and after that, regularly, I brought things over what's that, 40, no, 30 something years. Um, In different seasons, I suppose, of life, it's been more often or less often, partly depending on how close I've been walking to God. Um, Maybe partly how much time I've spent listening. But I think I went on the School of the Word weekend programme and that for me was a really significant time. I think it really refocused a lot for me um, and it started to make me appreciate um, the gifting God had given me and that it was my responsibility to some extent to develop that and look to use that more. Hmm. Um, Roger and Diane Aubrey came up and Roger um, at a leaders meeting 
Jeff Astin, um, what he would say to his 20-year-old self. And as he said that, <laughs> I was, and Roger answered, can't remember what Roger said, and then Roger asked Diane, and Diane answered, and then Roger asked Jeff. And as Roger started to do that, I suddenly thought, he's going to start asking people around the room. I need to come up with an answer. And as you know, I'm not somebody who finds it easy to naturally answer questions and talk in, unless I've got some warning and some preparation. And even as I was thinking that, Roger said my name. So it was almost like knee-jerk reaction, say the first thing that came into your head, um, which was, I would tell myself that I had worth and it sank almost like a physical weight somewhere deep inside. I'd known that for years in my head, but it suddenly really, really hit home. And those two things, or from those two things, um, I found that there's a, I've got a confidence um, and there's more of a depth somehow. Yeah. Um, and it, it's not, I'm not confident in me. I'm confident in what God's asking me to do in a way that maybe I wasn't before. Yeah, God in you, so to speak as yes. well. Yeah. So I think the, the speaking side of it um, has come after, well, after the AMP, uh, not the AMP, the School of the Word weekend. It's come after that. Um, and I just know that I have something and I bring things in the way that um, I believe God shows me to bring them. Mm -hmm. however that is I think in terms of singing it's it's slightly different um, it's all about um, what I see or what I hear and it's it's the same for that when speaking but when you singing prophetically I don't have things in advance I have a sense of God's heart a sense of what he wants to say um, but I don't have a tune necessarily or any words so I tend to have a phrase maybe just before I start to sing. I just know now when God's asking me to step out, um, so I step out. And is that, I mean, the whole, I know for me, whenever I felt like I've got to come and bring a word, thankfully it's not singing because uh, people would be deaf. <laughs> <laughs> but when I come, the more formed it is, the more comfortable I feel coming up to bring it. I feel more security in that. Um, so the idea you saying of going up and you have a phrase and then this whole song comes out that would just terrify me so is it is it equally scary for you how do you or do you just because you've been through it so many times now is it like a, okay yeah i'm a bit nervous but i believe that god's going to pull through and god's got something to say here it's it's very interesting it's because i had a big debate with god about this about, <laughs> about 20 years ago and i was I had, I had one occasion when I was sat in a meeting and I knew I had something to bring and I refused. This, I mean, this is awful now, looking back. Um, but I refused point blank to move and somebody got up and brought the word that I had. And I almost said, well, no, I did say to God, you see, it doesn't need to be me. The, you know, that person could do this. I don't have to do this. Um, and God very directly said to me, it's not your choice you've given yourself to me. I choose how I use you. So that was, that was, yeah, not a good time. <laughs> so another debate I had with God is, you know, why can't I have the whole song? 
why can't I know it? And then I can make sure the words make sense and I can know where the tune's going and that I'll actually be able to hit all the notes. And for about three occasions, I had whole songs and I found that so hard. Oh, knowing, wow. knowing when to bring them, knowing the whole um, um, line and thread of it, lines and everything, and what it all meant. Um, because I find sometimes the things that I bring change direction for us or mm. take us in a slightly different way. Mm -hmm. So knowing what the song was going to be in advance and knowing that that's what it was going to do, I found it much harder then to judge when to sing. Right, okay. Um, and I know, and I mean, it's in over years now, but I know when I have something to sing and I have never been in a position where I run out of words or it doesn't make sense or I can't hit the notes or so it's just trusting and being sensitive that if I've got something and now is the time to bring it but God's going to come to it. Mm. Amen. <laughs> I like it. I think um, people will find that helpful just hearing your own kind of process. Each pro each person's process is very individual. Yeah. Um, but especially seeing how how you work when you come and bring stuff like you do. I think that's really helpful for people. So thanks, Ali. So in terms of the, the words that God has brought to the church, where do you see God has brought us to? What, what has he been doing uh, in the community church over the past year, two years? I think, I think the main thing to remember is that God's word doesn't change. That the current situation that we're in doesn't alter anything about God's word, whether that's written or spoken, um, whether it's for the world, whether it's for our church, whether it's, <clears throat> excuse me, for us individually. Um, what we see naturally doesn't change what God's doing. Hmm. Um, I was thinking about the 2020 year of plenty. Um, I still very much believe that is about um, at least in one aspect of it is about growth. It is about more people coming to him um, and us seeing salvation. And we'd started to see more people for us as a church come through to that. Um, but the, one of the other things that struck me was I was at the meeting when Kerry shared about 2020 Year of Plenty. And something else he talked about was the scripture from Habakkuk about the whole earth being filled with the knowledge of the glory. Um, of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. And he spoke, though he talked about that in the same context as talking about 2020 year of plenty. Mm. And at the moment we're in a situation and I can't remember a situation like it in my lifetime. And I'm not a historian, so I wouldn't know if there has been, but the whole earth in the space of less than six months has changed and altered societies no matter um, what their makeup is. We're in the middle of something that's impacting every continent, every country, all peoples, regardless of age or, I don't know, social standing, wealth or anything like that. Um, and that there's a, a promise for God about the whole earth being filled with the glory of God. And for me, it's really made me realise for the first, to almost see for the first time that that can happen and actually that can happen quickly. If something that is so negative and so um, evil can spread in that way, like a virus, 
that God's word and God's promises and God's salvation can do can spread quicker than that. Does it make sense? Go further than that and faster than that. Um, and it's all about we've had words about bursting at the seams and citadel of health and carriers of his presence. And those words, I believe, at this time are still outworking. God's word is still in the process of being fulfilled. And it's all about what we choose to see and hear, whether we fix our eyes. I think it's Corinthians, isn't it? Two Corinthians about fixing our eyes on things that are unseen and eternal. Mm-hmm. And it's all about doing that and making our focus that and getting God's view on things rather than looking at what we can physically see and we can physically hear and that we're experiencing at the moment. And it's not as it's maybe how we've expected things to be. You know, if we go back six months, we go back to when that word was given. This is not the position we would expect to be in. But it doesn't mean that God's surprise, it doesn't mean that God's word was wrong or that isn't going to be fulfilled. It's just different. Um, Mm. And all the teaching that we've had, um, I don't think any of that was accidental. We went through a whole series, didn't we, on identity and who we are in God. Yeah. And then we moved on to um, drawing closer, spending time with him, um, finding a secret place. And then we'd moved into words about mission and going and reaching out. And if our identity is right, if we've got a right under- understanding in these days of who we are, and if we are drawing close to him and spending time with him, um, we can then move sensitively with his spirit and although we can't go out naturally um physically even and meet people in that sense because of all this wonderful technology that we've got there are so many ways that we can still impact and talk to people and share him with people um when carrie spoke to the churches recently he talked about the one phrase that stuck with me was he talked about baskets the seeds of faith that we carry baskets of seeds of faith. And I love that because that means I'm holding something. I've got this picture of holding a basket in one hand and I've got my hand ready with seeds in the other hand. And it means that I'm looking outward, that I'm expecting to be able to do things that look outward, that rather than focus in and rather than be um, overwhelmed by everything that's going on, I'm looking outward and I've got positive things um, great things to give people because I'm having mm. these baskets of seeds of faith. Um, there's so much going on. Um, there's so many good works. There's so many kindnesses being shown. There's so many people that don't know God being so um, courageous and self-sacrificing and all sorts of things. And we can join in on all of that, but we've got so much more than that. Mm. Um, just because the situation is as the situation is, it doesn't mean that we still can't move forward. We can't go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I <clears throat> I totally agree with you. I love the the seed analogy as well. It, it reminded me of something that I listened to a while back, um, and they were talking about how very often we we think of Galatians five fruits of the spirit uh, to talk very much about me and the development of my character and my personality. Um, and uh, we often forget that one of the primary purposes of trees developing fruit is to get seed out there and that yeah. this relationship that we have with the Holy Spirit, we, we 
plant ourselves is uh, the psalm psalm one says by the by the river and we're able to grow strong and in that fruit naturally occurs and that's not so that we become these wonderful great people look how great i am it's for the purpose of sowing the seed isn't it the, yeah. the love and the patience and the kindness and the self-endurance and all of that that we have is for the purpose of taking that basket and and chucking it in somebody and chucking it in some soil so that it can mm-hmm. it can grow and we see we see kingdom start to happen there yes <clears throat> so um i think that's uh i think that's really really powerful how um you, you were talking about the need for us to um look on jesus to look on god and his word um and to recognize that that is unchangeable what what would you say to people that might be listening who would think well i'm uh, i see what you're saying but i just don't see that in the world how do you how do you hold those things in tension i think for me it always just comes down to a simple choice really i think um i look through my day expecting God to speak to me. Um, I read God's word out loud deliberately so that I hear as well as or see his word, if that makes sense. And I expect God to speak to me daily and show me things daily during that. Um, and when that happens and when I see things and when I hear things and when I know God's speaking to me I focus on those and mm. um, speaking in tongues is incredibly powerful for getting your focus right um, I'm not sure I'm answering the question <laughs> you, you're answering the question because you're you're talking of of practical things that you do to make sure that you keep your eyes focused on him yeah. and it's these uh, spiritually <laughs> these spiritual formation practices that help us spiritually formational practices that help us to, to keep ourselves lined up with Jesus. It's the kind of things that Paul would be doing, isn't it? Mm -hmm. As he's on the boat towards, uh, towards Ephesus or wherever it was that he was going, he'd be um, reciting scripture to himself and praying and speaking in tongues and all that kind of stuff. And and that helps him to keep focus. That helps us to keep focus Mm -hmm as well for sure so have, have the as as the world has been taken by surprise uh, by the coronavirus and all that kind of stuff have you been over the kind of past month or so have there been just small instances where you've kind of been taken by surprise of how um god's used you to reach somebody i've had um <clears throat> there was i shared a firm praise about a lady with pink hair <laughs> whose name i didn't know and she had somebody had taken stuff out of the changing room where she'd left her valuables and they they managed to catch the guy and they got everything back but she was really shaken and she was talking to me in the changing room um and i i was soaking wet because i've been swimming and i just said to her i can't give you a hug because i'm soaking wet but what i could do is pray for you for peace um and i prayed and i think she found it all quite weird (laughs) but um I saw her a couple of times after that before all this happened um, and she was still saying hello and stuff so that was okay. Um, I went into the car park of the local, well I was going to the local supermarket and in the car park I had no idea that she lived around near us and the same lady with pink hair 
is in the car park packing her shopping. Um, and we had to talk then. Um, and then only about a week ago, Mike and I had been out walking, but he needed to get back to start work. And I wanted to finish the normal route. So he came back and on that last bit, who do I walk past? <laughs> but the lady with the pink hair. Um, and she was talking about um, how scary everything was. Um, and we didn't get into a big conversation. I didn't say anything of major importance, but I did manage to get in, you know, that it's still a time when you can have a peace. You know, God is still the God of peace. Um, and it's, it's just things like that. I would never have known where she even lived. And she lives really near us. Um, and I'm just believing I'm going to see her again soon, mm. be able to talk to her again. Um, yeah. And it's, it's those things which, it's those kinds of things in this moment where people be like, oh, well, that's just a coincidence. But isn't it William Temple who says, when I, when I stop praying, the coincidences stop happening. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's, it's that kind of thing. And those are the little miracles that we need to go and start sowing seed. It was yeah. kind of like when, when Anna recently visited us and talked of the need for us to, to recognize that in sowing a seed, we're doing something powerful. Don't, never, never despise the day of small beginnings Yeah, to work on that and to pray on that. Fantastic. And it's being, I think it's being now at this time, it's being more aware and more vigilant and more ready. It's again, it's walking around with these baskets, isn't it? And, and knowing that you're looking outward because you have no idea when you're going to bump into somebody like that. But there, there isn't any way at the moment that I can easily follow that road and I can't invite her out for coffee. I can't go and meet her somewhere. I'm not going to bump into her at the gym. You know, it's got to be, I've got to be ready for that moment almost even more now than normally. And it's, it's just kind of occurring to me. I had a conversation with somebody uh, last week and they, was, they belong in a church down in South Leicestershire and they were saying that one of the problems that he recognises they're facing is that um, it's kind of everybody now is stepping up to the mark, aren't they, in terms of being kind and generous and, and going the extra mile for your neighbour or, or whatever it is. And so how does the church then come and and distinguish themselves from um, from that, from what's taking place. Um, and there was a, <clears throat> he was talking of how when the when the nation becomes more secular, God gets more supernatural. So like in the days of uh, Egypt, um, and Egypt comes to the place where it is, it takes God to come in a supernatural way to to bring them to the place that they they come to when they come into the Promised Land. And um, it's just kind of listening to you, particularly in relation with the with the lady with the pink hair. He's <laughs> um, saying, I can't really give you anything, but I can pray for peace. And that is something really that could come in and distinguish when, when the disciples are uh, dismayed that Jesus is going to go away. He says, don't be afraid. The peace that I give to you is not of this world. Um, and it will come and it will bring you that everlasting sense of peace. Um, and, and that is something that we can come, that is supernatural, isn't it? Where we become this, um, I don't know, like beacon of peace. Yeah. And it's, these are the radio waves that are, are coming out. And I think, that's, I think that's really powerful. What, what do you make of us being able to be these kind of harbours of peace or whatever? I think that we 
I think it's wider than that. I think um, that we, that God can give us insight into people's lives, I suppose words of knowledge, exactly what they need at that moment when we're talking to them or when we see them. Mm. And it will be precisely the right thing for those people. And mm. we, just as in more normal days, that can break through and unlock and change things in people. We need a boldness to step out. Um, I suppose we always need that, but it's just, I've just got this sense that we need to be so ready and so prepared. And because we're in unusual times, and because nothing is as people expect, the fact that somebody that you bump into on a random walk, or, I don't know, and you stop and chat for two minutes, and God gives you a word for them, you just say it. Mm. I'm, I'm almost sort of, well, why wouldn't you in days like this? Why would you not say, why would you not expect God to give you something that you can encourage somebody with and that will impact their lives more than a, um, I don't know, more than a friendly word or just an encouraging word? You know, God, God is, I believe God is still looking to break into people's lives and the opportunities will be there if we believe and we look for them and we're ready to speak. Mm. fantastic yeah. i love it and what would be your kind of encouragement to the guys at church i think i've got a few pictures um god god tends to give me pictures um sometimes when i'm just looking out the window it's sometimes it's as i'm reading scripture and um images of places i've been come back um so i'm i'm very much the it's all about what we choose to look at. We've already talked about this, haven't we? Um, that we need to be concentrating on that that's unseen and mm. eternal and lasting rather than what we see and what is earthly and what is temporary. We just don't know for how long. Um, and that doesn't mean that we're not sensitive and affected and impacted by everything that's going on around us, but that our priority has to be that we know his heart and his reaction and his perspective. Um, I was, one of the phrases I've had that's still stuck in my head is at a distance and the fact that for so much of our life now, everything works at a distance and is removed and remote. Um, but that God, I believe, wants us closer and nearer and more real with him than ever before. Um, and I was stood in the kitchen, we've got a bird table that is, I have no idea how far that is. I'm looking at it, but I can't work it out. Um, but it's quite, it's about halfway down our garden and it's behind glass patio doors. And we have goldfinches that come down several times a day, quite a few of them. And I love them, They're one of my favorite birds. And I, I always feel really privileged that I can look out and see these goldfinches. But I know if I open the patio doors, as soon as I get anywhere near them, the birds will fly away. And we were walking, we're very fortunate, we can walk in the pine woods and the sand dunes. And there's a bush quite near the start of where we walk. Um, and we were walking past one day recently, and there were a whole flock of goldfinches on this bush, but really up close. So you could see the, the plumage and the individual feathers on this particular bird I was looking at and the flash of color. And I didn't seem particularly phased by the fact there were people wandering past. Um, they didn't all suddenly fly away. And it was just that um, the, the impact of that was, it was like a wow. 
and I, I just have um, that God wants us so near and so close that we're going to have wow moments with him. That mm. the depth of our relationship, um, if we choose to spend time with him, um, being very real about where we're at and very real about what we're feeling and about everything that's going on with whatever questions that we have, that um, we will develop a closeness of relationship that we haven't had before. Mm. Um, and then the other morning, <laughs> um, I came down early. It was, it was still pitch black outside. Um, and I came into the kitchen, automatically turned the lights off to make a drink. So I'm making a cup of tea. And I sat down to drink my cup of tea. Couldn't really see outside because I've got the lights on inside. I could see this vague, this vague sort of blur colour outside. Um, so I got back up and turned the lights off. And looked out and it was the this moon which seemed really big i'm not sure it was but it just looked really big at the time um and then i could vaguely hear birds singing but because the doors were shut it was only vague so i opened up the doors um and i just sat and watched daybreak listening to this amazing dawn chorus the birds were just all over the place it was absolutely brilliant um and it was just this sense that you can withdraw at times like this into yourself, into your home, into whatever life now is. Um, and you can almost get, keep busy by doing things like the garden or decorate something or take up a hobby or something like that. Um, but that we need to be looking outwards. Again, it's stuff we've already talked about, but mm. there's a world out there that is bewildered and wants to hear God's word, whether they realise that or not, um, and that the focus needs to be out. But you have to choose to turn off, um, like I had to choose to turn off the lights and open the doors. It's a, it's a choice. Everything that we're doing is a choice, isn't it? Mm. It's choosing to see what is unseen, and it's choosing to look out rather than in. Um, and the other, another thing that really struck me was that when this all first started, they talked about 12 weeks of self-isolation, which is three months. And when you read about um, habits and habit forming um, and psychologists and people like that, it's three months. It takes mm. three months before a diet becomes part of your life or an exercise routine starts to have a real impact. Um, and I just thought, and this might just be for me, but I thought I want to build habits into my life now looking at the future so building them in in such a way that when life returns back to normal when i can go back to work and i can do things that i used to be able to do that i have these habits built in whether that's study time or prayer or um, encouraging people whether it's my conversation is more full of him and his word rather than the everyday and the ordinary um, just that we build stuff in now that when we come out of this and we all get back together again, we are stronger. We're not worn out, battle weary. Um, we're not living through this, just waiting for the day when it's all over, but we're using the time to build stuff in that will make us more purposeful and more ready for him during this time, but also going onwards, going further. Fantastic. Ali, thank you so, so much. There is so much gold in that. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. <laughs>
Thank you so much for joining us today. We hope you found this both encouraging and challenging. Uh, if you want to find out any more info about the Community Church, you can go to our website at communitychurch.org.uk or follow us on our various social media streams. If you want to get in touch, then please do so uh, through social media or by emailing us at info at communitychurch.org.uk. Be blessed and be a blessing wherever it is that you are and we'll see you next week.